this woman to watch movies, and do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me as always is my co-host, Courtney. That's me. The sun's right in her eyes. Yeah, Courtney, sun right in her eyes. Bishop. <laughs> That's me. Uh, we also have a very special guest joining us today. We do. A friend of the pod, a uh, former guest of the pod. Our resident superhero guy that's not you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our other resident superhero guy. And that's definitely why we asked, invited him to come on to this podcast and hopefully for all three of the installments we're doing. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to be presumptuous, but who do we have for us? Who do we have for us? <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm so bad at introducing people. And who do we have for us? You have Ryan. <laughs> That's right. We got Ryan Chalet Ryan back Chalet. on the pod by popular demand. Oh, wow, wow. Listen, I am honored to be here. Humbled. Humbled. Humbled, in fact. Wow. Well, we're, we're happy to have you with us. And honored that you called me a superhero guy. Oh, I mean, Ryan, thank you. You're welcome. I try to be. You deserve it. You've put in a lot of work over the years. <laughs> Just trying to tell me about superheroes. Listen, he wears a suit of iron. <laughs> Do you know what movie we are watching, Courtney? Yes. Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, though, we we got some feedback on you from one of our last episodes. Oh, wow. What and did they we're, say? We need you to leave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you. I'll gather my things. <laughs> You brought me on to be fired. <laughs> Who got you, Jimmy Johns, to fire you? <laughs> um, no, he. Uh, it was very positive, positive praise in your direction, Ryan. He enjoyed the dynamic of the Endgame podcast of, with what you brought specifically uh, versus when, I guess, when just Courtney and I talk about it. Yeah. Which I guess Maybe is a I'm big Maybe I'm the one us. who should leave. I mean... <laughs> It's one of the highest compliments I've ever been given. <laughs> well, that's why we're like, if we're doing the Nolan Batman movies, we got to bring Ryan on. The Nolan Batmans are fun because they they are superhero, and maybe we'll talk about this. I'm sure we will. But they're such a different vein of superhero. Oh yeah, very different vibe. In fact, I feel like people who genuinely gen, generally don't really care about superhero movies could get in could find a lot more to enjoy in these because of how grounded they are. Right. And I feel like they, they do fit in a similar box, but they're not in the same box of the this, this superhero genre that we've created with Marvel and with DC. No, definitely not. Although it is weird that like the Dark Knight Iron Man came out two months apart, and I would say they revitalized the genre. and wow. like, like aimed the genre in two very different ways, mm-hmm. I guess, where they ended up going. And it's just really too bad that DC couldn't keep the momentum that nolan started man they yeah they have really shit the bed but i'm sure we'll talk about that yeah, yeah like yeah. as we continue on too especially like with anyway mm-hmm. corny we're watching batman begins yes uh did did christopher nolan direct this he did okay yeah i was under the impression it was just the dark knight he directed but that, oh no he did uh, he did it. the trilogy okay gotcha well that's okay so first i wanted to ask you specifically courtney yes what is your i guess relationship and understanding with batman in general like the mythos so i've seen batman 89 i've seen all these in theaters i saw all of them 
They feel different than Marvel, obviously, which you guys kind of talked about too. Or did you? Did you talk about Marvel at all? Yeah. Just really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was sitting here, did you talk about that? <laughs> um, yeah, so I've seen them all, liked them, but I haven't seen them in a long time. So I don't really remember any of them. Do you know much about like Batman in general? Like yeah. his deal? Yeah, I guess. I do. Is that probably because we recently watched 1989? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. You get what the the shtick is, it. though. Yeah, he's... Okay. This was probably my first, like, actual introduction to Batman. When did this come out? 2005. Okay, so... So I was, like, 14. We yeah. ju- We just passed the 15-year anniversary of this movie. I, I was, um... I was, like, 15. This was my introduction to, like, the Batman origin story, probably. Yeah. Where he is a little boy and, you know, he's afraid of bats and his parents and everything. I remember, like, the... Probably the scene I remember most is when his parents die. Because I remember thinking that as like a teenager. Like that the way that they die in this movie is so shocking and sad. Uh, it's incredible. Everything in this movie I would say is very effective in its execution. But yeah. that like I also, yeah. That's almost become kind of a cliche now to show Batman's parents dying. Yeah. In, on film. But at the time it was a pretty fresh take. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I know. When did the Bane Batman come out? 2012. Okay, and then The Dark Knight. 2008. Yeah. Okay, that's the one I told you. I went to see with my boyfriend in high school, and we just made out in the back. Sure. <laughs> the main one it's, I it's remember. It's a sexy one. I remember, someone, I remember someone from high school telling me they thought Heath Ledger's Joker was sexy. Yikes. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a drop of Ryan being like, yikes. Um, but I remember seeing the Bane one, too, and that one was so creepy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Dark Knight was too. I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, that's good. Okay. I was curious what your like, what your knowledge depth for Batman as a character was. That's it. Okay, Ryan, what is? I imagine yours. We probably have a similar. I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, trying to remember what my knowledge of Batman was before Batman Begins. I know a lot of it came from the animated series Batman Beyond. <laughs> Yeah. Which was so good. I loved that show. Is that the one in the 60s? No. No, it was like a teenager Batman, new Batman. It's it's within the continuity of like the animated series of Batman. But yeah, it's like he's, it's in the future. And Bruce Wayne is very old. Right, right, right. And uh, oh, the, the young Batman is actually voiced by Will Friedle, who is... Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, you guys know. Yeah, Eric Matthews. That's right. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, So I loved watching that as a kid. Um, Other than that, I've sadly I've never seen any of like the Michael Keaton. Wow, no kidding. Batman's. uh, Oh my gosh. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm pissed. That one's good. I was embarrassed as I drove here thinking about that. We liked. We we watched that on your birthday. I think you'd like that. I think I would. It's pretty dated, but it yeah. It's fun. But fun. Oh, here's another thing, just to interrupt you, Ryan. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember, like, Six Flags has, like, lots of Batman stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, before I saw these movies, I associated Batman with, like, Six Flags. Oh, weird. They have, like, rides at Six Flags, like, in Texas. Well, they have, like, Superman and they have Batman. Anyway. Yeah, So, like, anytime I think of, like, old retro, not retro, but, like, older 
Batman. In fact, I remember seeing like commercials for those rides and Mr. thinking like, Freeze. That I'm one like, was there's good. a Batman ride and a Superman ride, and then just seeing that it was just a roller coaster but named like <laughs> Superman. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like I don't know, because I was yeah. obsessed with like all things superheroes growing up. So like, I was pretty let down that it wasn't. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. Like it would, like you would fly on the Superman ride, but I was, I remember being like, like kind of let down. It was like one of my first, like realizations of like what product placement kind of was. I'm like, hey, this is, this isn't this right. This is bogus. First of yeah. all, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, there were rides like Mr. Freeze is like a huge roller coaster, and you get to the end, and it takes you up this thing, and they do the whole thing backwards. Nothing to do with Batman. Yeah, or yeah. or ice. Well, Superman was just you. You'd go. In a race, in a roller coaster race car, a roller coaster that just went straight up, and then it just fell back down. Oh. I could kind of see that because, it, like, going, like he's flying, kind yeah, of. Yes, in but... Texas, it's the you just shoot up like the rocket. It's like one of those. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. I was a California kid. So oh. Did, did Batman have kid. any element that was like going <laughs> through a cave or like anything like that? Like... Batman, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe, I'm... and it's freezing. It's really cold. What oh. movie is that that Mr. Freeze is in it? And isn't it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Who's that? Uh, Governor of California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, there is. I, I was going to, I'll talk a bit about that. Okay. But okay. yeah, that, that, that lines up. Um, I do think, though, it was, I, I can't really remember seeing superheroes on a big screen mm-hmm. um, that was impactful before Batman Begins. Um, oh, no kidding. Like, or that wasn't animated, maybe. Because I was trying to think what other superhero movies I saw maybe before that. There was a Superman movie. Right after. Right after. Okay. But I mean, like, X, like, there have been this Marvel ones, like X Men and Spider Man, like Daredevil, Fantastic Four. There have been a handful. Oh, yeah, Spider Man. Okay, I guess I completely forgot about Spider Man. I, like, I saw, like, every major theatrical release of a superhero movie. <laughs> Starting from, like, Batman, like, the Jim Carrey Batman Forever in, like, the mid 90s. Oh, whoa. Like, I was whoa. locked in. Whoa. Yeah. No. And maybe I just didn't go to the theater as much as a kid. I just remember being blown away. <laughs> So it sounds like I'm the resident Batman fan here. Yeah. Uh, it's my only costume that I had two years in a row on <laughs> Halloween. I always lo- I was always just really into Batman. And my parents let me watch 80, Batman 89 at a very young age. Which I don't know if I... It's pretty violent. Then kind of disturbing in spots. But I was always obsessed from the get-go. But When I saw Batman Begins, um, I remember specifically not going on like my church's 12 mile high adventure do you remember that bullshit yeah scouts yeah like i didn't go because i wasn't an idiot but also it was like the same weekend this was coming out and i'm like well i have to see this it was the best excuse and i remember other people that went were like dumbfounded they're like you didn't go because you wanted to see a movie why is that weird i don't know but it's also like you have no idea the heights that this filmmaker will go to off the back of this. So <laughs> I was in the right. History proved me right. Also, just like people don't like to hike. Like I, that was the twelve thing, miles. Like, yeah, that high was the, adventure. That was the thing growing up because I did the same thing with a fourth year hike. I didn't go on mine, and people were like, like upset, sort of. Yeah, you're done tricking me into going on hikes. People are so weird. Yeah. Okay, Courtney and Ryan, I just wanted to give you a brief background please going into this film right of like mm-hmm. what what batman had gone through and like kind of what audiences were expecting in 2005 so he's created in 1941 he's a very old character and the origins were like initially very i don't know not violent but like he was always like a pretty serious character uh, he was created by bob kane and bill finger finger 
Yeah, Bill Finger. In fact, it was one of those situations where I don't think Bob Kane, I haven't looked into this very much. I don't think Bob Kane was like a bad guy, but he was always the one to get the credit for it. But it's much more of a case where Bill Finger was like the guy who <laughs> did the look of him and like what Batman looks like. Bob Kane, I think, just came up with the name Batman. And then I would say the next like reinvention of this character was in the 60s, which was like the golden age of comic books, but it was also the Adam West TV series, right? Holy socks, Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Which uh, most audiences, like Batman to them was that that version of Batman. The Adam mm-hmm. West, like silly, campy, like Robin. T- yeah. To the Batmobile, Robin. And they have like a, a telephone that the commissioner calls and it calls right to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was more of a reinvention of Batman as a character in the 70s and 80s, which was much grittier and darker in tone, but it was mostly in the comic books. So then when you had them hire Tim Burton to do the, the first live-action Batman, um, I guess technically there was an Adam West theatrical release in the 60s. But when he decided to do a very dark tone, that really caught people by surprise too. And it was like one of the first, it was a very serious and dark interpretation of the character. And because of that, it was a huge success. And that like bat symbol, that iconography was everywhere summer of 89. It was phenomenally successful. Um, I, there was a lot of backlash at casting Michael Keaton. There was a big write-in campaign with letters to like different uh, newspaper outlets, like people expressing their how upset they were because at that time Michael Keaton was just Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice, <laughs> and they were mad that this guy, their favorite character, is going to be like ruined by this comedian. So already people getting mad at stuff at how their comic books are being adapted on. Interesting. This has been like a 30, 40 year thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. been going for a long time. Off the back of that, Tim Burton made Batman Returns, which had Michael Keaton back as Batman, Danny DeVito as the Penguin, uh-huh. and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And that one, they really let Tim Burton do whatever he wanted, and he made like a very Tim Burton movie, and parents were pissed. Because it was like kind of gross, kind of violent, kind of like sexualized a little bit. And it didn't really make a lot of money, and anyway, Tim Burton got the boot, and they brought in Joel Schumacher, who actually just died this summer. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. <laughs> I remember it was all over Twitter. Like everyone should watch Batman. Yeah, Returns. He, Batman Forever. Batman so Forever. the third one he made was Batman Forever. He brought in it was a lot campier and sillier and harkened back to like the '60s style Batman. That's when they had Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yeah. Um, it's not a good movie, <laughs> but I remember it fondly because I was obsessed with it. Right. Um, Tommy Lee Jones plays Two Face, a very like obnoxious, loud interpretation of Two Face. It was almost like he and Jim Carrey were like having like a who could be who can be the loudest. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what's weird is I know I I can picture every single character. So I think in my life I've seen these just having maybe brothers, parents like into like, you know, like Poison Ivy or like I wish I could see into your head which version of the character you're envisioning when I say their names. Yeah, well, you can't. (laughs) Well, my brain is closed, so. No, I, I can as well. So I, they must have been on like in the background as a kid. Like or TBS like, Well, and like, I mean, us just growing up as kids in the 90s, like yeah. advertising for toys of that like was yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Val Kilmer was Batman because Michael Keaton didn't like what they were doing with it. So he like jumped ship, even though they offered him like $20 million at the time. Can you imagine turning down $20 million? And like I know, Michael Keaton in the last 10 years has had quite a bit of a career renaissance but for a while it was like he he was like i don't want to be typecast as batman and i think his career kind of suffered for for a little bit so he was originally cast for batman forever yep and then when tim burton left he also left he came in he like saw what the script and what they wanted to do and make it like cartoonier and honestly like appeal more to kids and sell more toys and he was like i don't like this 
Oh, wow. I'm out of here. And they got Val Kilmer in, who is kind of a loose gun, too. Apparently, he like almost got... I think he got, got into a fist fight with Joel Schumacher. That Batman Forever made enough money to justify a sequel, so they actually recast Val Kilmer with George Clooney for the fourth Batman film, Batman and Robin. Which this one really leaned into like And Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, he was he's Robin in Weird. both of those films. Very that's a nineties poll, right? Yeah. Oh wait wait if you want nineties, wait for this. <laughs> Batman and Robin was also like the, like Joel Schumacher has talked about how he was given the direction of making it more toyetic. Like they just wanted to sell play sets and action figures. Like halfway through the film, the heroes like just change outfits into like upgraded high tech versions of their costumes just to sell different Types of action figures. Wow, wow, wow. And that's where they got Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Mr. Freeze. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Right. Um, Alicia Silverstone played Batgirl. Whoa. I know. I also thought that Poison Ivy was Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman plays uh, Batman's love interest in Batman Forever, the third one. Okay, okay. Her name is Dr. Chase Meridian. What year was Batman and Robin? 97. Was this after Clueless? Yeah, two years after. Oh sure, yeah. Kind of sucks because in your mind you're like, this is the this is a good career move. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't really. Oh. Alicia Silverstone's kind of weird, in general. What's your thing? This is celebrity theory. You want to? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it's not like a celebrity theory. She's just like very organic, very like she's one of the first people, maybe the first who started eating her placenta. <laughs> what the. Or yeah, putting it in like I don't know if she ate it or like blending took it into it. like a smoothie. <laughs> oh, I think it was like a pill, maybe. Capsules. But she's like, yeah, she's like one of the first who was doing that, and oh. then she's like very organic. She's Gwyneth she's Paltrow straight. before Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, basically, she's like very organic. She has like this farm in her backyard. I mean, now it like like we live in a world where that's a lot more accepted. But like I remember. Growing up, everyone was like, "Gosh, she's so weird. And she is. She's, like, weird and quirky in that way. I don't know. She was like, do you guys remember, you might have been too old for this, but Braceface on ABC Family? No. Yeah. She, she like, voiced that for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually do yeah, remember that. Yeah, so she just, she didn't make a ton of, like, like, I think her, she was, like, a little bit ahead of her time with how kind of strange she was. Because now we live in a world where that's like very you much accepted. Strange. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of people are like that, but she was just like too early. And I think it made, I think people were like apprehensive to cast her and stuff. Do you think it's changed where people are just all more kind of open with how weird they are in their own ways? Or do you think people just now just kind of don't care as much? Or is it both? Honestly, I think it's probably both. You, there's not, there's less judgment. Also, there's like this. I feel like to be a celebrity is to be weird. Yeah. yeah. You need like something kind of odd about you to like the mythology around you sort right. of. Yeah. Okay. That so sense. that's funny because she is like a 90s darling, right? She's like. Alicia well, I really stuff. think the poor performance of Batman and Robin specifically really hurt her career and Chris O'Donnell's like they didn't really yeah. do much afterwards. Did you ever see The Bachelor? Chris O'Donnell did that. Like a, like a movie? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy movie. <laughs> it's a I think it's a time. chick flick. I Added haven't seen it in a list. long time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to look that up. Oh, another thing I wanted to tell you. Arnold Schwarzenegger made $25 million to be in Batman and Robin. Someone figured it out because he was... he Basically, unless it's like a close-up on him, it's always a body double. <laughs> and they worked it out that he made more than a million dollars per day of shooting. Oh my gosh. Top build, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Wow.
I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The ice age! Stay cool, bird boy. All right, everyone. Chill. Cool party. Always winterize your pipes. Let's kick some ice. These movies are also very famous for introducing bat nipples. Have you heard that? Basically, the suit they had had, like, nipples on the suit. Like square? They had anatomically... <laughs> I'm just pointing to my own. Anatomically correct oh, nipples interesting, interesting. on the suit themselves. I want to know what you thought about, like, square. Just, like... Like a chest plate within, like, a smaller square in the corner to, like, represent Oh, nipple. no, it's like a nice... <laughs> I'm like, you know what Ryan's nipples look like? <laughs> Are everybody square? <laughs> no, it's like a nice oval nipple on both of their suits. They also had these like suit up montages where it would always like shot of like the forearm and like putting on the belt and there's always an ass shot for all of them. Oh my gosh. I'm dead serious. This was Google these. This was Joel. Yeah, this was yeah. Joel Schumacher's Batman duology, I guess. He only did the two. So Batman and Robin was a bomb. Warner Brothers was like, well, what, what should we do next? There was a couple different options. They thought that Batman and Robin would do well, so they were like, already had plans for a fifth Schumacher, or like a fifth movie, a third Schumacher movie with George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell again. Some of those elements actually came into Batman Begins. Like, they were going to have Scarecrow be the villain, and they wanted Nicolas Cage to be Scarecrow. <laughs> they also wanted Harley Quinn, but at the time they were going to have her be Joker's daughter. Oh. Like, the daughter of Jack Nicholson's Joker. And they wanted Madonna to play Harley Quinn. Wow. Yeah. What a different movie. Yeah. That never materialized. Then there was like other plans like they wanted to do. They thought about doing a Batman Beyond movie or Batman Year One, which is a comic book all about like Batman's first year as being Batman. Um, Darren Aronofsky was going to do that. He did like Mother and Noah. Oh my gosh. And his take... Noah. Was, was <laughs> Mother. Yeah. <laughs> his take was he wanted Batman to kind of be like this homeless guy who like worked in an auto shop with Big Al. That would be his interpretation of Alfred, who was an auto mechanic. Holy crap. And it sounds insane and they did... I hate that so much I can't Can even express imagine? it. Can you imagine? Yeah. Just like artist bull. Like. They just, it did not, they, uh, yeah, creative differences. They went different ways. Then for like an early, early 2000s, they were like, let's do Batman versus Superman. Initially wanted Jude Law as Superman. Colin Farrell as... Whoa! Jude Law as Superman? Oh, everyone wanted Jude Law and stuff. That is so in nuts to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jude Law. You almost threw up. That's crazy. Can you imagine? Are you not a Jude Law? I can see it. As Superman? I can kind of see they it. They wanted, they, I mean, like, yeah, I can see it. Oh, he man. He doesn't match, he doesn't match, though, like, the tall, dark. No, nope, I but, can't do, I can't do, I can't do Jude Law as Superman. I just, I won't, I won't stand for it. <laughs> I don't have to. And who, then, who did you say? And then Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is Batman. Oh, I would have been fine with that. He's honestly been so good the last, like, six or seven years in everything he's done. Yeah. Colin Farrell is actually going to be in the new Batman movie that they're doing as the Penguin. Oh, interesting. I'm into that. Yeah. Handsome well, penguin. And, uh, you know, Matt Reeves is directing it, who did the two and three Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, okay. Anyway, the Batman vs. Superman Sorry, movie. Sorry, when does that come out? Uh, well, next well, year. Why did well, I even ask it's you? it's filming right now. It's, yeah. it's still set for next summer. Okay. I think they just resumed filming on it, actually. Okay. Well, oh, man. Okay. 
um, Batman for Superman, but they scrapped that and they ended up going with Christopher Nolan, who had just made Memento and Insomnia. He came in with a pitch of what if we went a very grounded, practical approach to the mythos of Batman, and they they were like, great, we love your yeah. work with Insomnia. You're you've got like a really good idea. So that's where Christopher Nolan came in. What I've never seen Memento, right? I remember Insomnia. Yeah, Insomnia is great. And Memento is. Memento is like his calling card of being like everything that people associate with Nolan in a lot of ways, which is like a puzzle box of a story. That's the one where a guy, he has short-term memory loss. He knows that his wife was killed because he has tattoos on himself that give him clues. And the movie is told backwards. Okay. Have you seen Insomnia? I've seen Memento. Oh. I have not seen Insomnia. (laughs) They're great. And this was still in the model. We don't really have this anymore. People have criticized this where... Uh, a filmmaker could do like a smaller indie movie, which is Memento, graduate to like a mid-level, like pretty decent-sized budget, like some legitimate movie stars, and then graduate to big budget. Now they just jump from like indie right into the deep end. Right. And this was, he was still, I actually, Christopher Nolan is one of the last filmmakers who I think has a poll based on his name. Like there's only a handful left where you would go see it because he's making the movie. He He's, he's literally... <laughs> controlling movies as we know it right now with yeah. Dad. It's true. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It rests on his shoulders. We're, we're counting on him. The he, fate of the country. He is saving uh, filmmaking <laughs> as an art. We have we have first responders on the front lines, like doctors and nurses, and then we have Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, quick editor's note. If you haven't guessed by now, this episode was definitely recorded over the summer. So our vain hope that Tenet would save 2020 kind of makes us sound like overconfident idiots. Luckily, Wonder Woman 1984 will definitely save theaters this Christmas. I will say the marketing for this movie was fantastic because, like I said, audiences are familiar, they're most familiar with Batman and Robin, campy, bad movie from eight years prior. The marketing, the trailers were all, it makes it look sort of like a horror film. I remember the teaser trailer was all like a voiceover from Christian Bale being like, They told me there was nothing out there. Nothing to fear. But the night my parents were murdered, I caught a glimpse of something. I've looked for it ever since. I went around the world. Searched in all the shadows. And there is something out there in the darkness. Something terrifying. Something that will not stop until I guess revenge. And it was done in such an intriguing way where people were like, because all that they know is bad, can't be bad superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're watching this, know that that's the relationship audiences have with this character. Okay. Is George Clooney Batman with nipples. At one point, Batman Robin, he pays for something with a bat credit card. Seven million. Never leave the cave without it. And just an understanding which you have of what the bat mythos is, which is like orphaned. He has a butler, there's bat cave, gadgets, a bat signal, right? Yeah. Because those all things are reinterpreted by Christopher Nolan in a very grounded way with like a real world. He just wanted real world explanations behind how everything worked. Mm -hmm. I do think this movie gets a bit too, 
Uh, people exaggerate a bit, like, how grounded it is. There's still very, like, ridiculous elements to it. Like, this movie has ninjas right. and, like, fear gas. But there's still, like, it is a very grounded approach, which was very fresh at the time. That was not... Now, like, Hollywood Hollywood just keeps taking whatever Christopher Nolan outputs and, like, repackages it and, like, apes it for a couple years after. But this was a very new, very, like, interesting, fresh take on Batman and, like, that character. And this movie is the one that really starts to cement Nolan's legacy as a must-watch filmmaker who has, like, just fantastic instincts as a filmmaker and just makes good movies that are broadly appealing to everyone. The year is 2005. You betcha. The president is George W. Bush. The top song of the week, the weekend this came out. Do, do you want to try to guess it or should you want me just to tell you? I don't think I can guess it. Oh, he's gonna maybe he's, take he's a stab. About it. He might. Nah, I don't know. Uh, well, 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 summer, summer two thousand five. I, I've got nothing. Hollaback Girl by oh, Gwen Stefani. Holy crap! I could have gotten that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. This shit is bananas. <laughs> B a n a n a s. All right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna drop a bunch of two thousand five things at you. Okay. Okay. Please. Carrie Underwood won American Idol that year. Hell the yeah, last she great did. winner. Star Wars Revenge of the Sith has just debuted like a month before this movie. Whoa. That's a little crazy to me. Some like big TV shows, right? Lost. Huge. Oh, yeah. The Office premiered this year. Whoa. The first season had just premiered that spring. Okay. Interesting. Um, the Killers were really big. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah, Brightside were. was going to blow up that summer. <laughs> uh, Brad and Jennifer split up. And then Mr. and Mrs. Smith came out this summer as well oh, man. with him and with Brangelina. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise jumps on the couch on Oprah. I remember love that? this woman. <laughs> well, do you know who he's talking about? Kate. Do you know Katie. who the woman in question is? Katie Holmes. Yeah. Do you know she's in this movie? Whoa. Hello. Other things. Motorola Razor phones. I had one. Really? Yeah. They were a big deal. It's hot pink. Heelys. Did you guys ever do that? Oh. I did have Heelys. I didn't have Heelys. <laughs> Ryan just zipping around. <laughs> were they always the, the, Were they always the wheels up, or you could like put the wheels up? You could. You had to physically take the wheels out oh. to not have wheels in them. Oh. They wouldn't just like whoop. At least the ones I had. Pe- people in two thousand five. I mean, the, the motion seems so smooth, like, you know, with people who just effortlessly glided around. I remember those were a big problem in the middle school hallways. <laughs> Be, like, just running into people. They were the new skateboards. Yeah. yeah. Um, YouTube also started this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that checks. That, that tracks. Yeah. It wouldn't get big for another, like, two years, I think. Yeah. And then this is, I only know this because of the Weekly Planet, but this was also the year that Russell Crowe threw a phone at a hotel employee. Huge news. I just thought that was funny. Because <laughs> they always talk about that because they're Australian. <laughs> Wait, why? Because they're Australian. Because Russell Crowe is also Australian. Oh, how do they know that? That's just every time they talk about Russell Crowe, they always mention that fact. And as, oh. as I was looking up pop culture things, that was one of them. That came up. Um, that's 2005. All right. Summer 2005. I'm about to go into ninth grade. I'm, I'm Ryan and I. You're. Are you starting senior year? I'm starting senior. Year. I'm starting junior year. I just got my driver's license. Summer birthday. I learned stick shift that summer. Oh, well, I still haven't learned stick shift. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You could figure I, it out. There's, I think there's really not that many opportunities for me to learn stick shift. <laughs> Who do you know that has? You're a looking stick for shift opportunities. Car? I put up flyers. 
Facebook. I, I actually, I actually kind of used it as like a dating thing. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'd be like, teach you how to drive a stick shift. Who wants to own a stick shift? I mean, okay, I know I, lots I of people, genuinely do. but I personally would hate that. They make me feel. They make me feel like I'm doing something more. They make important. you feel like a man. Yeah, well, it's more. It's like it. It makes me feel like I'm doing something complicated. Uh, this is important. What I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm skilled at yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Batman Beginning. The beginning Begins. of Batman. Oh, can I also just tell you? I think that is a very dumb title. I don't know if people agree with me on that. What, how? What would you? Yeah. What would you? It? Anything, but it's. That is the most boring sounding verb. Batman begins. It's just like Batman starts. Batman. Like, it's just, it's really dumb. Like, I don't know. Can I also tell you too? Like, so the Tim Burton's Batman was Batman. Batman Returns. His third movie that he wanted to make was originally titled Batman Continues. <laughs> I, I remember thinking like, should I be a little worried that it's just called Batman Begins? Well, then you have Dark Knight, which is good. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And but then, the Dark Knight Rises is a little. That's that, a little lame. Yeah. It just feels a little lazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, something to think about as we start the movie. Well, we'll we'll start calling it Batman starts. Starts. Yeah, yeah. that's better. <laughs> Batman, the first Batman. Batman as a kid plus more. Batman's been gone for a while, but now he's back. <laughs> Batman starting it out. This is not a funny joke. We just... <laughs> Here's the thing: they could have just taken Batman Year One from the comic book. That's not bad. No, I think that's just the same as Batman Begins, personally. Year one sounds like there's going to be a year two and he's going to be a sophomore. Varsity 20. Batman. It's just like, so Batman, he's starting out as Batman in this movie. So like, just Batman Begins, I guess. It's, just, it's really, right? Am I like, am I, are you seeing like how? I get it, but I really don't know what else we'd call it. Uh, any you could have just called okay, it Batman. Okay, I like Batman freshman year the most, I think. Huh? Oh, I wanted you to do, I wanted you to do, your, you have a really good Christian Bale. Oh, I do? Yeah, we've tried to do Matthew McConaughey in the past, and it's, it's, not it's good. nothing compared to your Christian Bale. Well, this is Christian Bale doing his American accent. Oh, Christian Bale, and I'm going to be Batman in this movie. I feel like it's not very good. I feel like it's hard to do we'll it on the spot. We'll try again. We'll try again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have opportunities. Yeah. You'll, you'll get to hear him in a minute. Oh, good. The sun's going down right as we're finishing. Uh, Christian Bell here. The sun is about to go down. And uh, we're about to start the film. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> I was in Newsies. <laughs> I worked with Steven Spielberg as a child. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Uh, it was great to film on set. Steven was a huge inspiration to me. <laughs> And uh, that's really how I got my start in film. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Batman beginning. The sun is literally down. <laughs> it's really pleasant now. I feel like I just <laughs> woke up. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Did you fall asleep? No. Did, okay. any, did anyone fall asleep? No. I got a little sleepy in the middle, but I did not fall asleep. Actually, weirdly, didn't, and I usually do. You know, um, we're just going already. We're still recording. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this, I, I think about this every time I watch this movie, and honestly, all of the trilogy, it, the pacing is weird. I remember the first time in theaters, it's just, it's barely too long to not like fit neatly into like your natural rhythm of what two hours is, but not long enough. That you can really be like, oh, this is going to be a long movie. Right. So when it when it goes into like Bruce's party, don't you kind of feel like this should be done now, Aren't right? We wrapping yeah. up. And then like you go into the final set piece. Yeah, you kind of feel like it's going to end when they go. Rachel gets poisoned. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
And The Dark Knight also has that same feeling too. Like it feels like another part of a movie's happening. Yeah. Less annoying in The Dark Knight because you, at least for me, you just never want that movie to end. And maybe that's why I noticed it more in this one. They could have, t- they should have tightened this up to like a tight, like a, a just two hour movie. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Uh, do uh, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Did we get fear gas? <laughs> also, before I forget, uh, they made a joke about driving stick in this movie. They did. It was very inappropriate. A very inappropriate time, also. It was so stupid. Like there were so many little moments like that, and that's one of them. When he's like, "What do you need? Can you drive stick?" This is what I mean when people they've be weirdly become this poster child for properties becoming like very grim and dour, overly serious. But people forget that there are jokes in these movies, and some like not great. I feel like some of the jokes in Batman Begins, I just forget how some of them are dumb. Yeah. One that really stood out to me was towards the end when Gordon pulls up in the uh, <laughs> the Batmobile, <laughs> and some random guy just nice ride. <laughs> if I could just scissor it right out, the one I would cut the most because I feel like it undercuts a very a very cool moment is. You know, Batman has his first appearance and he's at the docks and it's filmed like a horror movie because systematically taking them out and then, you know, Falcone's like, What the hell are you? I'm Batman. And just headbutts him. And it's like very brutal, right? He looks up and there's the homeless guy <laughs> from seven years ago. Yeah. Nice coat. <laughs> and then just flies off and the guy's like, He's just eating like a can of beans. He's still homeless. I, yeah. How is he even there? The part that I would cut okay. is when they're they're doing the car chase and the cops like. At least tell me what it looks like. The Batmobile flies by. He's like. Never mind. It's so dumb. I know. It's so dumb. I'm trying to think of some other ones too. There's there's just a handful of ones that I I I always forget until they happen and I'm like. What three did he take? The, I think the writing takes a notable step up for The Dark Knight because there. I I also forgot how much the characters just kind of speak in like philosophy. <laughs> they are basically saying they're like, this is the definition of justice and this is the definition of revenge. <laughs> the, I like that the movie is dealing with actual like philosophical differences between characters, but they're stating them like so matter of factly that the script just could might have used like another pass to kind of like bury that bit a bit more within natural sounding conversation. <laughs> But they're like nitpicks, because I have to remember that this movie, at the time, you know what I mean? It was like such a step above so many other superhero movies. Yeah, sure. So like, it just feels a little dated in some some parts. But what's your just a little snapshot review of the movie? Um, Batman starts, Christian Bale, billionaire. Good. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wow, that's great. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, mine would be something like, Bruce Wayne saves Gotham City with help of Commissioner Gordon, and and then it would probably cut off. But there's clearly more. Can I, can I stop you right there? Yeah. What I mean by tweet length review is like, what is just your snapshot of like how you felt about the movie? <laughs> it's not not like tweeting. A <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Those were like, how do we sum up two and a half hours? 840 characters. 
<laughs> what wow. Would you, what would yours be? I don't know. It'd be like a strong reboot, um, good performances. Okay. Uh, great direction, great execution of like a uh, singular vision that is very well realized. It's a lot longer than a tweet. Mine would be just something like, really liked it, Katie Holmes' last good film. <laughs> what about Logan Lucky? <laughs> I never oh, seen that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should see that. It's really good. All right, Ryan. Tweet link review. Um, or you can stand by the first, first no, answer. I, something like... Really enjoyed. Solid restart of a cool franchise. Excited for more. Wow, that's actually well, that's really good, actually. Well, <laughs> I thought mine was pretty good. And the, everyone did a good job. Okay. Everyone, yeah, uh, everyone uh, mine was it. pretty good. Yeah, everyone did I a just, good job. To Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> there are no wrong answers. That's. I remember walking out of the theater thinking that was so good, mm-hmm. and that was the perfect tease at the end of that movie. That just was electrifying and right. made me be like I cannot I could I could sit here and watch whatever comes next immediately after I was so excited for what yeah. what was going to happen like what Christopher Nolan could possibly do with the Joker what about escalation escalation we start carrying semi-automatics they buy automatics we start wearing Kevlar they buy armor-piercing rounds yeah. and you're wearing a mask Jumping off rooftops. Take this guy. Arm robbery, double homicide. Got a taste for the theatrical, like you. Leaves a calling card. I'll look into it. Yeah. 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 I have some uh, factoids, some trivia. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Christopher Nolan, he enlisted the help of screenwriter, comic book creator named David Goyer um, to help him write the script because he kind of wanted someone with that expertise. And their their main goal was to have the audience emotionally invested in Bruce Wayne's story. Because up until this point, those other Batman live action movies are... Batman's almost a side character. So like you saw 80, Batman 89. Like that is basically a movie about Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah. And Batman just happens to kind of be in it. All the other movies, all those movies from the 90s were basically focused on the villain. And they were always like the most interesting character. And this is the first one that really was like, let's make like a movie about Bruce Wayne. And get into like his, like what is motivating him and what are the philosophies that in his mindset... And I think they did a really good job, especially I like how the first act is all structured around these like flashbacks that show how these key people in Bruce's life directly influenced his motivation of like what he was going to do. Whether that's Rachel being like, we all know where to find him, but as long as he keeps the bad people rich and the good people scared, no one will touch him. Good people like your parents will stand against injustice. They're gone. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? Carmine Falcone being like, The people from your world have so much to lose. Now you think, because your mommy and your daddy got shot, you know about the ugly side of life, but you don't. You've never tasted desperate. You're, uh, you're Bruce Wayne, the Prince of Gotham. You'd have to go a thousand miles to meet someone who didn't know your name. So don't, don't come down here with your anger, trying to prove something to yourself. This is a world you never understand. All these people have these things that directly influence, like, the decisions he made of... And I, I feel like no one really has delved into the psychology. I like that this interpretation of Batman, he, like, has, like, a, it's almost like he has a five-year plan. He's like, I'm not just going to be Batman for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to come back 
be Batman and my end goal is that I'm gonna like make a symbol for people to like be motivated to be better people and then I'm gonna retire. And that's a lot of what The Dark Knight is about too is he sees Harvey Dent as like his way out. He's like, perfect. Like this is what people need more than me, a vigilante. And like, I'm going to retire now. You know what I mean? Like I really, it's a very different take on like a superhero in general, but I feel like they were, I feel like they did a really good job in making you invested in Bruce Wayne. I have with me a comic book. Oh, there's a couple of different storylines and comic books that they took inspiration from, but the main one is Batman year one, which is this, like I said earlier, this is Batman's first year of being Batman. But there's Jim Gordon being like a beat cop and like one of the only good cops in a corrupt city. Um, Carmine Fal Falcone being like the main crime lord that Batman's trying to take down. Even him using the sonar to call the bats. Those are all like elements taken from Batman Year mm. One. Interesting. Question, who's the guy with the curly hair that shows up all the time and he was the falafel guy? Oh. He's like around with cops and bad guys, so I don't really understand. Like what his deal is? Yeah. Um, Gordon like makes a joke at one point that he moonlights as a low-level enforcer. Like he's just a corrupt cop. Okay. And he's Gordon's partner. But and okay. there's a conversation early on when... His name's Flass. To Gordon, he's like, you know, it makes all of us corrupt cops nervous that you don't take money from people. And he's like, I'm not a rat. Also in this town, like, who is there left to rat on? Like, we're all so bad. I'm like, basically the the last good cop. Yeah, what did you guys think of Christian Bale? I thought he was a very nice guy. Um... <laughs> uh, what, I, what I really enjoyed about uh, making this film with Chris, with Chris Nolan, when Chris called me up. Is Christian Bale handsome? In this Always, actually. <laughs> I think so. Okay. What do you guys think? I think he's very good looking. Yeah. I agree. He honestly looks his best in The Dark Knight, as far as handsomeness goes. I think, like, a career, it's a career high for him. Okay. In The Dark Knight. It's, I, I, you for, I forget that he's so much, not so much, but younger in Batman Begins, because mm -hmm. he's just so polished in The Dark Knight. I know. And you see a little bit of that towards the end. Yeah, I, I like how he screws up a ton. Yeah. Like, is this, like, young... Like, well, and just, like, his appearance. Like, he's, like, dis disheveled in the beginning and, like, just young and preppy looking almost. Yeah, his hair mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Have you seen American Psycho, yeah. Ryan? No, I actually have not. God, that movie is so messed up. I feel like a lot of how he got hired, basically. Like, a lot of, like... I can see a lot of that character when, because he's playing, he plays a couple different versions of Bruce Wayne. It's like normal Bruce Wayne, Batman, and then like this aloof asshole Bruce Wayne. Right, right, right. And it's, I think he's the best, like at that version. Yeah. Like I think that part, I, I love when he slips into that throughout the movie. Yeah. I have a couple of, I have some details about Christian Bale's casting. Let's hear him. Okay. Please. I obviously, re, a reboot of Batman, there's a ton of names circulating, right? Um, some of the big names that really got far into the audition process was Billy Crudup. Jake Gyllenhaal, who is what who the studio wanted. Interesting. Heath Ledger had talked to Christopher Nolan about it, but like pretty early on, Ledger was like, "I don't want anything to do with this." And then when he saw Batman Begins, like, oh, had oh, I really like what Christopher Nolan's take is on this world, and that's when oh the conversations gosh. continue. Killian Murphy, who plays Scarecrow in this movie, also went as far as like at one point they all put on like one of the bat suits from one of the Schumacher Batman movies and did a screen test, and oh. Killian Murphy made it that far. Interesting. So there's a screen test of him in that bat suit. Is that Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy? I say Killian. You're Irish. I guess you would know. Nolan liked him so much that they found a role for him. Okay. Uh, Christian Bell talks about how when he put on the bat suit, he just felt so ridiculous in it. 
And so he's like, the only way I think a person would like go do something like this is if they like were so animalistic and like, like tried to be like almost like a ghoul. And that's why he developed that voice. Would, you would have to like try to be a whole different person to pull this off. Yeah. What's your guys' mileage on the bat voice? That's interesting. I've never, never heard that. It, it tracks. It is a choice. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. And he doesn't, he doubles down on it for all three movies. Right. I don't know. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's it's the best in this one of the three. It's less like he gets really growly in the Dark yeah. Knight. It also seems dumber because since they've done the Ben Affleck Batman, he just had like a voice modulator, which right. was very effective. Yeah. I'm like, well, I, don't, I guess he would just do that. That makes more sense, especially since he loves like techie toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Christian Bale was cast in late 2003, he was in the middle of filming The Machinist. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh-huh. It he got extremely skinny for it. Yeah. Like you've probably seen pictures of him very very skinny. Yeah. Um, so allegedly through just only uh, like smoking a lot and only eating apples and coffee is oh how he lost gosh. all this weight for the machinist. And he's like a Renee Zellweger. He yo-yos with that weight, yeah. and this is like the first time. So that was like the end of '03, and they were starting to film in 2004. So within a span of six months, he got a trainer to help him gain a hundred pounds of muscle. Mm. and I actually feel like I could see it sometimes in the movie. He gained too much weight back to the point where he was not quite fitting in the bat suit. His face is coming like out of the... squished a little? It's, yes. Well, and so he actually had to lose 30 pounds down oh my to fit back in the suit. I mean, when he's like supposed to be younger, he's like, I was noticing more filled out in his cheeks mm-hmm. like especially when he's in uh he's with ross al ghul training and he's like on this on the poles yeah. he's just so he's so bulky so big yeah yeah it's crazy that he just got that like i, I have no idea how you would even no. accomplish that in six months but he does i somebody's paying you for it <laughs> yeah if you're gonna be batman dollars. you're making millions yeah and you have trainers and you're pretty well motivated right 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 Something else that Nolan wanted to do was, and he t- got this idea from the nineteen like the 1970s Superman films, was cast a relatively unknown person as your star, and then round them out with a huge cast of just like deep bench heavy hitters to make the film like more credible. So that's why he got like an amazing cast, honestly, yeah. in this movie. Who who's the guy who plays Falcone? Uh, Tom Wilkinson. Oh, I don't like him in okay. this movie. He plays that guy like a two-dimensional, like... Like a Roger your, Rabbit character. Your father begged for mercy. Yeah. Begged like a dog. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, is it just it's like, a, like a parody? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really care much for his take on Carmine Falcone, but I think everyone else does a really, really good job. I, my two favorite characters as far as if, improvements on previous Batman films interpretations is Alfred mm-hmm. and Jim Gordon. Oh, yeah. Because in the past, Alfred was just kind of like the butler and sort of there maybe made a few jokes, but this one, they really like have him have a real relationship with Bruce. Yeah. And I feel like their relationship is something you could like, you track through the movie and like, it becomes really important. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon in the Burton Schumacher Batman movies. Gordon's just like a cop, maybe in like four minutes of the movie. And I think that's interesting to track through the trilogy is his relationship with Batman they get more into this in the Dark Knight, but like Gordon's like, I am trying to go outside of the law to fix the city, and like balancing how that must make him feel of being like, this is wrong what I'm doing, but like it has to be done, and especially with like what the Joker does in the Dark Knight, 
him kind of unraveling and trying to hold that together mm. of did I did I make the wrong decision to cast my lot in with this criminal basically to yeah. try to clean up the city what's that doing to my soul there's so much more depth to that character than anyone has really tried to portray him on film and like I love Gary Oldman in it too he's mm-hmm. like there's something about him that's very like a regular normal guy salt of the earth yeah yeah, yeah. he's got that big cop mustache <laughs> they originally wanted him for Ross Al Ghul but he didn't want to he always plays villains Gary Oldman does, so he's like, I don't want to do that. I could have honestly used someone that was not Liam Neeson. Oh, I... Well, I feel like our, this our, was before yeah. Liam Neeson. This is before Liam Neeson action star. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, though. At one point, he specifically says, my wife was taken from me. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he sells lines, though. Like, he has, like, a gravitas to... Like, some of the more ridiculous lines, I buy it when he's saying it. You don't feel like that? I do, but I only see him as, like, the dad in Taken. She was taken from me. That's the only thing I can see him in now. That's fair. So I, I just, I'm just like, you're not scary. You're not like, like I wanted somebody scarier in that. Well, in that role. here's a question. Were you surprised when he reappears at the end? I knew it was coming, but I also didn't remember that he was the bad guy. I, if he was a bad guy, I wouldn't have hated it as much. But he was the bad guy. The, like the head guy. Yeah. When I first saw this, I legitimately forgot he was in the movie. Like, and they they really leave it open. Yeah. He, like, specifically is, like, not dead. But right. I, when, oh, because something else about the Rasa Ghul as a character is in the comics, he has this pit that he, like, lowers himself into and then, like, is immortal and regenerates himself. Oh. So when he turns around and sees the back of, like, it looks like Ken Watanabe's head, they kind of have a joke about it when he's like, You're not Ra's al Ghul. I watched him die. But is Raz al Ghul immortal? Are his methods supernatural? Or cheap parlor tricks to conceal your true identity, Raz? Okay. That's a fish they throw out to those big comic fans for anything. Yeah. Any part of his involvement with the movie? Uh, the beginning was fine. I wish he would have died. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I just, I feel like that would have been like, Scarecrow, this character Scarecrow is, Cillian Murphy is so scary in this role. I wish he would have been the scary the, guy. Like the villain for the yeah. rest of the movie. You're awfully quiet, Ryan. I'm so sorry. What are you, th- what are you thinking about this? I think he, Cillian Murphy's scary, but not, he, he doesn't have a lot of weight behind him. And maybe that's just because I, I'm thinking of what's coming in the other movies. But he just doesn't mm-hmm. seem that scary to me. I'll tell you what. He has big Jonathan Groff energy. I'll say that. Oh, interesting. Like, Jonathan Groff could have played that it's, character. It's because they're very good at being, like, very, like... Dead in the face. Dead-faced. They, I, they could have built the finale around him as a villain. He is, like, a pretty... He's, like, probably B, B-tier Batman villain. Mm. It's a fair criticism. Thank you. It is, but the, the Ra's al Ghul gives it a good twist. Yeah, and I also knew like I knew more about the character too. So yeah, I knew that like Ra's al Ghul is a pretty famous like especially early Batman days. Are you saying Ra's al Ghul? Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Sometimes it's pronounced Raish al Ghul. Raish. Mm-hmm. They even make a joke about that when that lady's like, Bruce, there's somebody here oh, no, you simply must meet. Now, am I pronouncing this right, Mister Ra's al Ghul? A lot of people can't agree on how it's pronounced. When they're fighting on the ice, you could hear it like crackling in the background. That was real. 
Oh. Oh, holy shit. Apparently they came back the next day to like and it had just kind of melted. Oh my god. So like that sound of it cracking. Yeah. It was like for real, for real. It was for real, for real. Michael Caine, he believes Alfred represents the audience. There's a line from him that says, It is you amongst all the nutcases in the film. So that part when Bruce comes back from the big cop chase and he's basically being like, You're just thrill seeking, like what are you doing? He is supposed to be the audience surrogate being like calling bullshit on stuff in the movie. Mm. Which I think I kind of like that. Interesting. Michael Caine reminds me of my dad. So when he's like... I still haven't given up on me. Never. That That is my dad. Very much so. That he has a lot of that like dad energy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's... I like that the emotional through line of their relationship I always love and that obviously yeah. has a big impact on the next two movies too yeah did I tell you about that story about I was gonna hang out with a girl she came over and I was halfway through Batman Begins and she walked in the room she started off the night by being like oh, I hate movies like this I was like alright oh alright great start and we just kind of sat there and it was the part where they go down the elevator shaft and he's like the white legacy is more than bricks and mortar sir I wanted to save Gotham. I failed. Why do we force? So that we can learn to pick ourselves up. And she just like scoffed at it. She's like, oh, this movie's so dumb. Oh. Sort of in her defense, but I said this. I was also annoyed. I'm like, oh, well, that's a line that like his dad had told him right before his dad died. So it means a lot to that character. Yeah, yeah. You dipshit. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh well. And, and then what did you do? Well, um, <laughs> we were sitting on my bed, and she at one point finally did look to watch the rest of the movie, and I pretended to fall asleep. Oh. And with my eyes closed, I could hear the movie end, and her be like, Jason, and like I could hear her kind of rustle a little bit. And then sit there for a moment and then get up and gather her things and leave. You just fell asleep. Just, oh, I just... can't tell you to leave, so I'm just going to go to sleep. And I was like, I'm not spending any more time with this person. I'd rather close my eyes and be alone. <laughs> so that, I did that one time. I pretended to be asleep. Uh, we talked a little bit about Katie Holmes, right? I think she's just kind of lightweight in this movie. Have you ever seen the SNL sketch where no. she... They're making fun of Katie Holmes and how she kind of talks. Oh, got that like, crooked oh. like smile. Yeah. It is so funny. If you haven't watched it... All right, we'll look it up. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, she's just fine. She's she's fine. And what's a yeah. bummer is I kind of feel the same way about Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal sells... The idea that this person works is a lawyer in the DA's office. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal sells that a bit yeah. more, but like, it's honestly just annoying. I hate when they recast mid movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and I just kind of wish they would have had one or the other. Well, I, they did it three times, didn't they? No. Uh, Which one is? Uh, oh, she's Catwoman. Yeah, different character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, Ryan and I got super weird just then because we both realized that Courtney seemed to somehow forget what happens to Rachel Dawes in The Dark Knight. But, I mean, if you ask me, I think we covered pretty well. But, I mean, she's fine, except I, I really, there were some lines, especially at the end, where that whole, her whole monologue about wearing the mask and... Then I found out about your mask. 
Batman's just a simple Rachel. No, this is your mask. Your real face is the one that criminals now fear. The man I loved. The man who vanished. He never came back at all. This is not as sharp as I remember <laughs> being amazed at age 16. Yeah. Doesn't diminish Shocking. my love for this movie, but no. I, yeah, I was like, wow, okay, that's a, these are bad lines, some of them. And it's just such a quick turn from like, I'm a sharp shooter lawyer to I've always loved you. Yeah. It, yeah. it just felt a little fast. Yeah, I, know. I, I also think it's weird that she tells him she's like, the man I love never came back, but maybe if you stop being Batman, I'll love you again. And he's like, understood and then the next <laughs> scene they're just holding hands yeah. is she a character in the in the comic no books? she was made she's an entirely invented character oh, for this interesting movie. that character was originally when they, in early drafts they were like we should have harvey dent play a role in this movie but they were like we're doing too much in this movie the actions that she played harvey dent kind of would have played mm. except for the romance i guess yeah yeah and then so they were like let's just invent a character blah 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 and then Okay. Introduce Harvey Dent later. And then later she's dating Harvey Dent. Yes. Yeah. Was it her that decided to leave the franchise? I'm not. Well, the official statement is that she there was scheduling conflicts with some... She was in a movie with Queen Latifah. Okay. Anyone know the name of that one? I, I, could, I couldn't tell you. I know that it was with Queen Latifah. There was scheduling conflicts. Interesting. Oh. I wonder how much of it had to do with... I don't think she was fired, but she was also in a relationship with Tom Cruise at the time. Yeah. And the whole Scientology stuff going on. And yeah. I wonder... I don't know. I don't know. No one... There ha, More hasn't been come out since then of like what really happened. But it's hard to believe... That you would just be like, damn it, I can't move this schedule. I can't somehow be in the biggest sequel uh, of the last bummer. 30 years. Shoot. Yeah. Oh, there's got to be more to that story. Yeah, that's weird. Our celebrity theory corner could maybe look into that. Yeah, for sure. I will take a deep dive. You're on the beat. Yeah. Well, I did. I got curious about her. Okay. Oh, what'd you find? She's just, after this, so she, she dates Tom Cruise. They get married after seven weeks. Or they're engaged after seven weeks of meeting. Then they're married for six years. She files for divorce. They get divorced. She leaves Scientology. That was in 2012. Then from 2013 to 2019, she dates Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I actually knew that. Which is just wild. It is. And Going from Tom Cruise to Jamie Foxx. Okay, last editor's note. No, I don't have a beef with Jamie Foxx. My total disbelief at Ryan's news is that because while he said Jamie Foxx, I definitely heard in my head Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> she came out, she was in a movie this year about The Secret. Do you remember The Secret from the, the early 2000s? Uh uh-uh. uh. Like that book. There was also like a, it was Wait, about like. I was just talking about this. You believe, like you, you vision something and then it comes true. Oh. It was like this weird. Was it a horror movie? No. It's like a. Christian. Oh my good. gosh. <laughs> I just saw an ad for something like that today where With she. With Josh Lucas. Yes. She runs into his. I literally saw an ad on Instagram for that. Oh, Do you know what gosh. she was also in? The boy sequel. Oh yeah. Brahms, whatever. She was Brahms in that too. too. The boy. The boy yeah. too. Some yeah, weird choices after she, Batman she's begins. She's doing some weird stuff. Also, her Instagram handle is like something weird, like Katie Holmes 6. 
Like, <laughs> like when Taylor Swift used to be Taylor Swift 13. Like when Instagram was so new. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Katie Holmes. Yeah, Katie Holmes 212. <sighs> Verified account. 212. Oh, interesting. Isn't that funny? Oh, you want me to keep going? Sorry to take yeah. you on the Katie oh. Holmes detail. No, yeah. no I know. <laughs> she's weird. I like her. She's fine. I don't. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Do you like her or is she fine? She's fine. Okay. All right. Her best movie is First Daughter. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen that? She wears an incredible royal purple dress. It's about being the president's daughter. What about her stint in Dawson's Creek? I didn't. I mean, I watched Dawson's Creek after it was over. All right. 2003, as Some, we learned. Something yeah. to about, I just remember with President's Daughter. I, I never thought of Gotham as in America, but I guess it is. Yeah. It's a ma- That and Metropolis are like made up cities. Right, right, right. But just thinking about the Underground Railroad, but in Gotham. Oh, I know. And then it being 2005, they're in Bush's America, <laughs> which is an interesting thought. Well, that's actually a lot of people, they like read, they read a lot of like, more so in two and three. But they read these like kind of political statements into like well well t- I'll tell you more about it okay. but like okay yeah Courtney you'll like this so this was mostly filmed in the UK on sets but when they filmed on location they filmed in Iceland that's where that doubled for um, generic monastery <laughs> Tibet I don't care I don't know where like, they're trying yeah. to be but they were in Iceland for that and then they filmed a lot of things on location in Chicago so Chicago oh. doubled for like actual parts of Gotham okay. Um, Gotham City, the design of it is a mixture of New York, Chicago, and Tokyo for the monorail. Mm. And the Narrows was based on the now demolished walled city of Kowloon that was in Hong Kong. Which was like a slum that was like walled off like that. Yeah. And the Narrows thing isn't really, uh, I, I don't think, an element from the comics at all. Although Arkham Asylum is. Yeah. That's like the place where they put all the... Batman villains when he catches them. That's the scariest part when she has the boy and all of a sudden oh. the the inmates kind of come out of the oh, yeah. smoke. Oh, or the vapor. Yeah, that's creepy. That was the creepiest part to me. This Can you one, imagine? I You would just be like, I'm dead, I guess. Yeah. Because you got like, what, six bolts in that? Yeah. Oh. You're, this won't hit for you, Courtney. You might already know this, Ryan. Do you know who that boy is? I was trying to place him, but I couldn't. King Joffrey. Oh my gosh, he... Is. From Game of Thrones. I oh I knew by the name. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Is that oh, weird? He's so sweet in this. He's just a nice, nice boy. Um, this movie relied heavily on traditional stunts and miniatures. Mm. There was very little CGI, except obviously, um, probably most like for the gas effects. But yeah. like for the most part, like they actually had a guy hanging from a wire being pulled by a, a train. Running that into was stuff. Whoa. Really cool. Right? Yeah. And like I'm trying to think of the really other like really incredible the really incredible stunts I feel like don't really happen until the next two. Yeah. But yeah, he like Nolan's whole thing is like as minimal CGI as possible and only using it to like enhance things, but yeah, not yeah. Rely, overly relying on it. Um, well and I feel like using CGI for like those fear gas parts is like makes sense. Because it wouldn't need oh, to look have... It yeah, it almost it almost helps to juxtapose it to everything else looking yeah. so real, so normal. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not jarring when you see it because you're like, oh yeah, it would look weird. Was any of it? I wondered if any of it would trigger your. Uh... Yeah, the scare. And I remember seeing it for the first time, and it 
like that. the there's a part where maggots kind of like squeeze out of his face. <laughs> yeah, that part's. But sick. what about what about when he's seeing Batman and Batman's like all oh, creepy? No, that part was okay. Oh, okay, well, that was fine. I like the effect of it. It's like a it, it's a good I like it's a good imp- interpretation of that villain and what yeah. he's able to do. And I like I say yeah like I I've read all <laughs> yeah. the yeah. yeah you love this yeah, yeah. Like, I, yes. <laughs> that's entirely my shit. <laughs> this was like a thing like I Nolan has like really great interpretations of certain villains so it's like I like that Scarecrow is just this like basically this crazy psychiatrist and his mask which is normally like a whole Scarecrow outfit. I like that his mask the explanation is like yeah I use it for my to like scare the inmates. Yeah. Like, he's always looking for, like, some kind of grounded explanation behind everything. Like, Batman's suit, I really like. That's actually my favorite section of the movie. When he's just going around with Morgan Freeman, and Morgan Freeman's just showing him all the cool shit. Yeah. And they have such great chemistry together, but I love that, like, oh, yeah, you can you can glide with this suit because of we have these elect- this yeah. electricity. Like, he has all these great explanations for how everything works. Kevlar utility harness. Gas-powered magnetic grapple gun, the 350-pound test monofilament. Nomex survival suit for advanced infantry. Kevlar biweave, reinforced joints. Terror-resistant. This sucker will stop a knife. Bulletproof. Anything but a straight shot. It's called memory cloth. Regularly flexible, but put a current through it. Molecules realign, become rigid. The bat suit, um, they built it to be very mobile. Uh, in contrast to older suits where, like, Michael Keaton can't turn his head. So he tries to, like, turn his whole body. No one can see me doing this. <laughs> but I am. And they wanted him to be able to crouch and, like, move around. So it's, like, made of more, like, flexible material. Um, the, and the cape is made out of this fabric that's actually used to, like, shield people from night vision goggles. Oh. The police use. Yeah. Weird. They built four like street ready Batmobiles that cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece, and they There's had these a million bucks right there. I know they had these like spe- specifications of how they had to work. They had to be able to reach a hundred miles an hour. They had to go to zero to sixty in five seconds, and they had to withstand being propelled thirty feet. They actually built and had to like make these sharp turns. That's all an actual like vehicle running around during those wow. sequences. They got Hans Zimmer. And James Newton Howard to do the score, mm-hmm. and uh, they did it. They collaborated together because they wanted to have like kind of a mixture of scores to like have the different personalities of Bruce Wayne. So James Newton Howard scored most of the Bruce Wayne and dramatic scenes, and then Hans Zimmer did all of Batman's score and all the action sequences. Mm-hmm. And they kind of wanted to have this sort of like schizophrenic feel, which is sort of what like his duality of personality. Yeah, kind too. of competing. Around the when the movie was released, Forbes estimated the actual expenses of being Batman. At about $3.5 million. <laughs> while shooting in Chicago, a person accidentally crashed into the Batmobile while they were driving around. The driver was drunk and said he hit the car in a state of panic because he believed it to be an invading alien spacecraft. <laughs> I think it's because we're surrounded by so many idiots right now. There's like another freaking idiot. Those are, they're expensive too. Uh, Christian Bale also said his first scene that he shot with Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman, it was when he wakes up after Scarecrow douses him and lights him on fire. You know? uh-huh. And he said he was getting ready in the scene to start and he accidentally fell asleep in the bed. And he said he uh, remembers waking up to find Michael Caine poking him in the ribs <laughs> saying, look at that, he's bloody falling asleep. <laughs> Is that a good Michael Caine? Yeah. So this movie came out June 15th, 2005. It grossed $371 million worldwide. <laughs> 371. 
84% Rotten Tomatoes. So it was like a moderate success. Oh, yeah. It is cited as one of the most influential movies of the 2000s. Uh, it kicked off this trend of gritty reboots. So that's what, that's the lesson Hollywood learned from this movie in particular. It's like, oh, we should reboot everything. Yeah. And like make it gritty and down to earth. Like, give me an example. Casino Royale, immediately oh. after this. Oh. All right, well, I've got some stuff to say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Spit it. Okay, I was just noticing how early 2000s everything was. First, the girls getting out of the car. Just the most 2000s hot girls. What? Because, like, strap? Like, what? Yeah, what they were, it? like, wearing, like, flouncy skirts and strappy shoes with very thin, like, stiletto heelish mm-hmm. looking things. Rachel, entirely, her suede boots the whole time. <laughs> Oh and like gosh. her at the very end, she's wearing that silk, that white silk top, and her hair is just so many layers, like well, so many. I don't know if you notice the suits too, but they are yeah. very like mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. The lapels are still pretty wide. Three buttons, like everything yeah. about like the the way it fits your body, especially legs, is just straight down. Uh huh. That uh, that scene where the parents die that still affected me. That that's rough. Yeah. There was like a TV show called Gotham that I. Th- think was maybe good or bad but i just remember seeing i don't don't know i just remember there was a scene of when his parents get killed bruce he's just like screaming and it's like it's too much and i feel like in this movie it's like not it's not overdoing it yeah it's just sad and tragic yeah and like upsetting that shot of him just sitting there with the bodies yeah the part that really gets me too is when he's in the police station and gordon comes in and he's like is that your father's jacket is that your father's say uh, most engaging least engaging moment in the movie there's so many great parts in the movie but the part that i just think is super rewatchable so fun is when his back and forth with lucius fox when he comes into like he's showing him all like the gadgets and it's fun because batman always has these like ridiculous gadgets and just seeing their like real world counterparts and like those and like their banter when he's like so what's your interest in it mr wayne i want to borrow it for uh spelunking Spelunking. Yeah, you know, cave diving. You're expecting to run into much gunfire in these caves? Look, I'd rather Mr. Earl didn't know about me borrowing. Mr. Wayne, the way I see it, all this stuff is yours anyway. Now, what is it today? More spelunking? No. Today it's base jumping. Base jumping? Is that like parachuting? Kind of. Too expensive for the army? But I don't think they ever tried to market it to the billionaire spelunking base jumping crowd. Look, Mr. Fox. Yes, sir. If you're uncomfortable. Mr. Wayne, if you don't want to tell me exactly what you're doing, when I'm asked, I don't have to lie. But don't think of me as an idiot. Fair enough. What's that? On the tumbler? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. He's so smart and he's just like on board. 
with like what's going to happen. Yeah. Like that everything <laughs> about that. Black. I love I love all of that. You like, should you should insert the when he really says it where I just said it. Yeah, I absolutely will. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I, it that's like a really good like it really is yeah. like i i feel like that was a moment in the you know where sometimes you're sitting in a movie and something happens and you're you just mentally check with yourself you're like this movie is awesome <laughs> that's one of them he's like so what do you think does it come in black um i was actually surprisingly most engaged two different times anytime rachel was in trouble because the fear of like the, that fear is so like visceral, visceral for I feel like, like people. You get locked in when people are in danger of creeps. Yeah, mm. I think this? I think more than that, it triggers like I mean, there's that where I'm like engaged because I am like I feel like that's different. Like the horror elements where he's like the part where Batman shows up and he oh yeah blinks yeah. out the lights for the first time. That part is like horror. But the the thing I'm talking about is like when Rachel's in trouble. And she's, like, being followed on the subway. That's probably your worst fear. Yeah. Is someone, like, tailing you, getting off the metro. (laughs) I think about that sometimes, like, driving home at night. Like, what if somebody follows me? Yeah. Oh, creepy. The other part um, is any... The action parts. Batman doing things with his tools. (laughs) 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 Where he's, like, flying or when he... The the train part was really cool. So you were engaged in the action uh-huh. of this movie? What about the car chase? You normally like... Uh, no, not... I, 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 I say action very loosely because it's like... Literally, it's like when Batman's doing stuff with his tools. Okay. I don't really... The car chase... Car chases never get me very engaged. And the fighting wasn't... I wasn't super engaged with that. Well, the fighting is kind of poorly done anyway. It's kind of it's, messy. It's purposefully shot up close because he was trying to capture the confusion that would be in your head as the criminal okay. and just beat the crap beat out of you not knowing where batman is yeah which i like that i like that but it also makes for not fun action sequences to watch yeah but that's interesting it's like when he shot the gun up and like it's zoom up. that's cool mm-hmm. tools i agree i think the the suit up is so fun like and, and it's giving so much meaning to how he becomes batman it's not just hmm I have a lot of money and I found all these tools. Yeah. It's like it took research and it took planning and it took more than just money. They put time into like developing that in the story. Yeah. Um, Two other parts that I like a lot. Um, In the beginning, his like final test as a ninja when all the other ninjas just know, oh, we scoot, we turn. We scoot, (laughs) we turn. Uh, it's dumb but it's fun (laughs) um and then i kind of love so as you go batman's building he's becoming stronger getting stronger and then he runs into the scarecrow and the scarecrow knocks him down um and and kind of you kind of realize oh he's not invincible yet he kind of sucks at he's like brand new at doing this yeah he can screw up really bad Mm -hmm. that's really good okay least engaged my least engaged is the whole part in tibet I'll say it. I'll say it right now. Oh, I like, really? Yeah. I just, no thank you. I like Liam Neeson being like... I think Liam Neeson is my least favorite part of this movie. I think think what I like about it is I like that Liam Neeson plays into like, you know, you gotta be a legend. You gotta be like a thing and like a symbol and like freak people out to get in their minds. I like that he's like teaching him this. Bruce comes back. He's like... People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man... I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. 
I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. I love like that they bake that into something that's ultimately so corny as like a guy who goes to ninja school and becomes Batman. <laughs> um, I think most of the interactions between him and Rachel are pretty unengaging for me, especially Wah-wah. the end. After he saves the city, I'm like, eh, we're done. <laughs> I do like the whole exchange with Rachel where he's like, it's not who I am underneath. That whole thing yeah. jumps off. She kind of did that to like shame him a bit. And he was embarrassed earlier when he's like, oh, hey, you're yeah. seeing me like doing my act right now. Mm-hmm. She shamed him, though, like while wearing a prom dress. Where was she going? <laughs> <laughs> she was meeting her date for their day date. <laughs> for their day date. She was having a nice dinner on her own. <laughs> Uh, most and least engaging character. Get out of here, Liam Neeson. That's mine. That's your least engaging? Yeah. I love Alfred. I don't know that he's like the most engaging, but I, every time he's on, I'm like, I love watching him. Um, I think most engaging is Gary Oldman. I, that was going to be my yeah. second choice. He just he just has depth. He has character. Least, I think I've, I've, I've landed here as Rachel for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, I don't want to just echo Ryan here, but... I think it would also be Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon is my favorite. And yeah, probably Katie Holmes' Rachel. I just, she's not, she's fine, but in she's outclassed, I guess, by everyone else in the movie. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. Oh. Tom Wilkinson's oh. Carmine Falcone. Yeah. I, oh. I hate his like yeah. weird gangster like shtick that he's doing. Who would you have cast as uh, Rachel? Um, well, some of the other people they had in mind were like Claire Danes or Rachel McAdams. Oh, hell yeah, Rachel I mean, McAdams. Rachel McAdams can pull anything off. Yeah. So it probably would have been her. And that would have been the uh, like a great time. She she can, has she has that gravitas and credibility to be a lawyer in the yeah. DA's office in a way that Katie Holmes just doesn't. She just seems too young. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could also see Claire Danes as that, too. She might be a little bit too Severe. docile. Oh, I yeah, okay. Well, did we just say opposite? You movies? did the most opposite. Yeah, I would. I would say docile. Just well, maybe not docile, but like she's a little bit like flat. Okay. She's flatter than Rachel McAdams, at least I feel. Well, Rachel McAdams is like a, you pick her for any role, and you're yeah. you're, you're in, golden, in good hands. Yeah. What was she doing in 2005? She was two years removed from Mean Girls and mm-hmm. uh, Notebook, Notebook. Um, Wedding Wedding Notebook. Crashers. I think it was 05. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was about the same time. Her name is floated around in most movies. Like yeah, like Superman Returns the next year. She was also floated for Lois Lane. She was like mm-hmm. kind of just in the running for a lot of these at the time. But okay. I thought of another really emotional like. So you have like the murder, then the police station, mm-hmm. and then at the funeral when Bruce is in his room. I thought I might prepare a little supper. Very well. Alfred. Yes, Master Bruce. It was my fault, Alfred. Oh, I no, made the deed no, 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 no. if my handgun skipped. It was nothing that you did. It was him and him alone. Do you understand? I miss him, Alfred. I miss him so much. So do I, Master Bruce. So do I. That's another one where if I'm in the right mindset, I will just cry. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh, Yeah. Okay, that was the movie. Any other final thoughts? Rachel drives a shitty car. Oh, yeah. She's frugal. Yeah, I guess. Was that a car in 2005 or was that a car in 1994? 
<laughs> it would fit nicely next to my parents' Geo Metro we had <laughs> in the 90s. Ryan, thank you so much for being wow. here tonight. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It was a, it was, it was a great rewatch. It was a great treat. Um, we're excited for to continue the rest of this franchise. I honestly can't wait. Yeah. We're hitting it. It's one of the best movies ever made that we have next <laughs> on the docket. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> Ryan, where can people find you if they want to reach you? And... If you wanted to, I guess. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I have more confidence, Ryan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Ryan Green Shorts. Also on Letterboxd, oh. if you want to see the movies I'm watching. Okay. People want to reach the podcast. At Wife Watches on Instagram. Okay. You can send us an email at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can leave us a review. Write us... Write us a review. Leave us a rating. We're going to finish this series. Trilogy, I guess. It's a trilogy. Yeah. I'll be here. Riri will be... Sometimes call me Riri. Sometimes Chi-Chi. Depends on the day. Sometimes Dad. <laughs> well, watch you later. Watch you later. Say it, Ryan. Watch you later. Nice. And remember, deep down you may still be that same great kid you used to be. But it's not who you are underneath, it's what you do that defines you.